All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. It's Fit Nation. Wow. I cannot believe our first year is complete. This is the 79th episode of the Misfit Nation. We want to thank everyone that helped us get going. Of course, the core group of misfits who agreed to be on the show early. Chris Wamhoff, Raymond Bird, and Chantel Watts. We also had George Herrera, Dr. Judy Stavely, and my better half, Quinn, on in the earlier episodes to speak about the military and the family and how things got going. It was then we made a push with some of the best people out there, the veteranpreneurs. This included Missy Green of Southern Sweet and Sassy and David Shade of Pup Camp, amongst others. They were all great guests and helped propel us into a different direction. We had great authors on here to include Kirsten McKenzie, Andrine Lowe, and who could forget Scott Miller. Thank you, the audience, for helping us get this momentum going and ensuring the season was great. If it was not for you, we would not have been recognized as having the best society and culture podcast of 2021 by Broken Jarhead. We are truly humbled by your support. So, with all that being said, we thank you. And let's get our last guest of the season one on here. He is a veteran of the 82nd Airborne Division and now the CEO of Premier Virtual. Without further ado, let's get Steve Edwards on here. All right, let's welcome to the Misfit Nation. Stephen Edwards grew up in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, somehow joined the Army from there after high school, went to the 82nd Airborne Division at Fort Bragg, so spent four years there, two years in the Florida National Guard, and then he went to college there. Uh, what college did you go through there? University of Florida uh, Atlantic, right? Yeah. Florida Atlantic University. So welcome to the show, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. Awesome, awesome. Are you still in Florida now? I am. I'm in South Florida. We, uh, we're right down in Palm Beach. It's a little different from the weather in uh, Chippewa Falls, I'm guessing. There's an absolute reason that I left Chippewa Falls. <laughs> uh, you know, I talked to my mother last week and she's like, it's negative 10 with the wind chill. I said, Mom, it's 78 here. It's an 88 degree difference. Aren't you excited to be here in two weeks? She's like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, I'm not be excited <laughs> on a leave negative 10 so i guess if you're used to so used to that negative weather up there you i guess it's in the blood for a while after all these years exactly you know it's it's definitely not in my blood anymore it's definitely not in my kids blood you know people are like well do you miss it i'm like i love seeing snow now through an ipad when we're <laughs> uh when we're facetiming i definitely don't want to fly up there again stuck up there because i'm snowed in <laughs> we we flew up there a couple years ago Unfortunately, it was a death in the family, and we flew up there, and my kids were young. They were uh, four and four and one, in, or I'm sorry, five and two at the time, and the first thing, my mom, she bought us all of the uh, snowsuits, and she sent it to us. So the second we got off the plane, we, we put all the cold weather gear on, and I told my son, snow is cold, right? You got to put your gloves on before you go. So what does he do? This, we get to the hotel. He goes to the big snowbank, and he puts his hands in. And he starts screaming, Dad, it hurts. It's cold. I go, that's called a learning lesson, buddy. You didn't <laughs> want to listen to me. And now look at your hands are cold. He didn't do that again. So life lessons, you got to learn the hard way. You got to learn them the hard way and learn them early. Definitely. Uh, earlier this year, I went to Fort McCoy, Wisconsin, 
to train some soldiers up there. And I got off the plane. It was negative two coming from Tennessee to there. I was like, this is horrible. This is horrible. I don't know how you guys live up here. I just, you know, people are like, you get used to it. And, hey, you can dress for it. And they're like, it's hot, right? A lot of people are like, well, you got to deal with it so hot in Florida. I'm like, I'd rather deal with the 90 days where it's so hot than one day of below, below, right? If it's hot, I could start my car, right? The air condition's on. Same thing people say there. Well, I can start my car. Well, to get from your car, right, from your house to your car, you still got to go into the cold weather. You're not going to matter. Your face is going to be cold. Your hands are going to be cold. You got to get out to get gas. And guess what? It's not just that it's cold. It's dreary. It's always overcast. Everybody's cranky. Snow's great for the first two days when it's white. And then you get the mud and the roads are bad and everybody's cranky. And it's just not a fun place. Why do you want to live that way six months a year? That's, that's insanity because you like doing the same thing over and over again. Exactly. You know, it's it's one of those things. I, I would say I'd probably rather live there six months and ever be in the 101st. But, you know, sometimes you got to have choices in your life. You got to make choices in life. got to make those choices. Shots fired. Here we go. <laughs> Shots fired. I figured, you know what, uh, we'll, we'll start it off. <laughs> All right, Steve. So tell us a little bit about your background uh, from as far back as you want to go uh, to where you are now. Okay, so, you know, like, like, like you said, my name is Steve Edwards. Uh, I'm CEO of Premier Virtual. Uh, I come from small town, Wisconsin, Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Most people never heard of it unless you had, you know, drank Line of Google's beer, saw the movie Titanic, right? Where Titanic, uh, Leonardo goes, I grew up ice fishing on Lake Wasoda. Well, just so you know, Lake Wasoda was a man-made lake that was made after the Titanic sunk. So it's kind of a, a thing. There was a lot of people in Titanic, but they did a, a Leo lookalike contest. Uh, I was gone. I wouldn't have won anyway, right? I, I didn't have the pretty hair back then. So, uh, you know, I, I went to high school and I knew that I wanted to go to the military. Just couldn't figure out kind of where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. But I knew military was there. Uh, and, and I found the, um, uh, I talked to the Army recruiter. I actually talked to the Air Force recruiter first. Talked to the Marine recruiter. Couldn't fit my head in a jar. So I knew that it was never going to be a good fit as a Marine. Um, found the, the Army and, and they talked to me. Uh, about jumping out of airplanes. And I was like 18 years old, man. I get to jump out of airplanes. Loved it. Uh, so I went in, uh, I got into the 82nd. It's really where my first choice was. And, you know, I spent my time the whole time in Fort Bragg, uh, got out of the army. Uh, five of us moved down here to South Florida for college at FAU. Um, was there, graduated in 02. Uh, from there, I got transferred a lot around a lot with the company I worked for. I got from Boca to Charlotte to Atlanta, San Diego, back to Atlanta. Uh, and then I, the company, I was in the mortgage industry and we all know what happened in 2007, the mortgage industry crashed and I got recruited by some friends. They ran uh, an outsourced uh, sales and marketing company. So Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile, they were their clients. I was, so I was a director of sales. I used to build sales teams. So I traveled the country building sales teams for this organization, New York, New Jersey, Texas, and Florida were my main markets. And this is pre-wife, pre-kids. So I lived out of a suitcase. It was fun back then, right? You could go, hey, I want to go to New York City for the weekend. I would go up there and I'd work, but then I, I also had the city and we got to travel, you know, Dallas. I'm a huge barbecue fan. So loved going to Texas as much as I could. But when that industry, um, that division I was in shut down. I was in business to business sales and I didn't like door to door sales or retail. And that was my only other option to, to move. Uh, and I got out. But how do you build a sales team? 
um, job boards, job fairs, personal recruitment is really how you build that. Uh, and I found some job fairs that I really enjoyed. Um, they were a little bit different than normal job fairs. Um, and I liked what the company did. And that got me into putting on job fairs. So in 2011, we bought a license agreement from a company out of New Jersey to run job fairs under his name. So we were kind of the first ones that they were kind of franchising the company. He had never done it before. Um, and myself and my, I, I went to my business partner and said, hey, I got a great idea. We came in, long story short, we had the license agreement we put on job fairs. 2018, I really saw a change in the market, right? People would rather apply online than wait in line. Um, so I saw a change and I said, you know, I got to do something, right? I had a wife, a couple young kids, and I was like, I got to do something to make money. And uh, a mentor of mine at the time said, I just landed a client that's doing virtual events. Well, what's a virtual job fair? Never heard of it before. So the guy pitched me virtual job fairs. Come to find out he didn't even have this. He was trying to resell a product that he didn't even own of there, but he resell, he was trying to resell me, but I instantly fell in love. And I called the company that he was trying to resell. And I said, I love what you do. And, you know, there wasn't a, there really wasn't a lot of companies doing that out there. And nobody was really doing what I wanted to do. So I was like, virtual is hundred percent. The company in Jersey wanted nothing to do with virtual. So in December of 2018, we'd been testing doing virtual job fairs. Cause instead of me being in Tampa today, flying to Atlanta tomorrow, the next week going to different places, I could do a job fair in the entire state of Florida at one time. I could do all of South Florida at one time. I could do North Carolina, Raleigh, Charlotte, um, and Atlanta in one, in one day at one time and never have to leave my desk. So I just saw the benefits and the efficiency of it. People thought I was crazy. Um, but then I said, I'm going to break off. I'm not going to do any more in-person events. So I created Premier Virtual. Um, said, we're doing all virtual hiring events from now on. Uh, and that was, that was January of 2019. We started developing our software. And it was our own software. We, August, we started testing it. And then I said, I'm going to change my business model. I'm going to now license our platform. I'm not going to host job fairs anymore. Um, so we had to make some changes. We went live in January. We started kind of calling on clients, took our first client on, and everybody knows what happened in March of 2020. The world stopped. The world didn't know what was going on for, you know, for a little while. Um, since that time, we've done over 5,000 virtual hiring events on our platform. Wow. So that's a little bit of, you know, who I am and, and where we're at today. That's in 18 months. That's a lot of, a uh, lot of virtual uh, events in that short time. They're basically during the COVID world, as we like to call it these days. Yeah. Uh, when I first got out, there was a, a virtual job fair thing for veterans and it's still out there now. I forget the name of it. But 2015, 16, they would hawk you as you came through TAP or SFL TAP, Soldier for Life, wherever you went through when you were leaving the military. They yeah. tell you, you can go to these virtual ones as well as go to all these ones. You have to bring a pile of resumes and whatever when you're live. It, it just becomes cumbersome because you hand to that person. They don't care. It just goes in a pile next to them. Oh, that's great. Great piece of paper. Uh, we'll see you. We'll call you if we really want you. Okay, see you later. Check the box because we just helped the veteran because he walked in here. And then the virtual ones came out and there was basically, I'm chatting just like I'm chatting now with someone else. Yep. Uh, all right. So I'm not a good fit for you. Pass next. I can swipe right, swipe left. And I'll, I'll be able to get yep. through it. Yeah. The Tinder, the Tinder of, uh, of job things. So it's interesting, right? So talk about tax, right? When I got out back in 98, it was so different. It's like, Hey, you would go to this thing for 30 days and you'd look on a computer and maybe there was stuff out there, right? There wasn't 
wasn't a lot out there. And, you know, since then it's changed a lot. So we do a lot with veteran organizations. So Soldiers for Life out in, uh, in Houston, um, they use our platform. Not all of the Soldiers Flight user platform, but some of the forts use it. Um, you're, what the company you're talking about is Recruit Military. Um, yeah. So they're, they use it. They actually use one of our competitors' platforms that are out there, uh, but they've been around a lot longer than we have. So they're based, the owners kind of know each other. Um, but in virtual, what, how they do it is kind of an East Coast, and their Recruit Military is a host. Okay. So they are saying, hey, we want to bring all of these soldiers from all over and we're going to get the companies to kind of match them up. Because I don't care if it's an in-person job fair, a networking event, a virtual job fair. The goal of that is to connect two people together. So how do they connect? Um, You know, and and you're right, on in-person job fairs, did it for nine years. You know, candidates would come in and they're they're so excited. They got their resume. They wait in line for 15 to 20 minutes. They go up, say, hi, my name is Steve and I'm looking for an accounting position. Sorry, Steve. I'm looking for salespeople. Okay, I just wasted my time. All right. All right. So now I got to go to the next sign, the next sign, the next sign, the next sign, the next sign. And there's a whole lot of, it's not efficient, right? And then the recruiters, right? Like you said, what do recruiters do? They take their resume and they say, they ask a couple questions, maybe they have it, and then they, they put it over there. And then maybe they have, right? And I used to always tell the recruiters, don't just have a good and a bad one, right? Kind of mark a little note on there. So, you know, here's the first people that I want to call. I, when I was always hiring people, when I was at job fairs, I actually took my planner with me and I had my planner. And if it was somebody I was interested in, they got two pieces of paper, one about my company and one about the directions and all the information of the day of the interview. And I wrote in, here's the time of your interview and the date of your interview. And then I wrote their name in my planner. So they knew that they were interviewing specifically with me. So I would always try to train my recruiters the same way at the in-person job fair. But what we see now is, you know, the in-person job fair is going away. Even on the college side of it, where people said it'll never go away. You have more people can log in from anywhere, right? A, A student could log in as they're sitting in the classroom and they can see all of the information. And how I built the platform was really to kind of look like an in-person job fair with more data. What does a candidate want to do when they go to a, on a job board? Okay. So when they go to a job board, they type in a location in an industry and a bunch of companies pull up and they see just the job. And then what do they do? They hit the submit their resume. And then here are some other jobs that may be interesting to you. Click, 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 click. Put their feet up, watch Jerry Springer and say, I just, I just applied to 50 jobs today. And they don't have to do anything more, right? And, and at the in-person job, like we talked about, right? They're waiting in line, they're waiting in line. So I kind of combine the two. So when a candidate comes in, um, and, and our platform is very customizable, is a candidate can come in and they can go into a lobby and they can see a location. So I'm clicking on West Palm Beach. Then I click on West Palm Beach and here are all the industries of the company. I click on sales. I click there, all the companies pull up that are hiring for salespeople. First thing I do is I go in, I, I go into their virtual hiring room and I see the, um, what the company does. I'm either interested or not interested. If they're interested, I can see the jobs. I can submit my resume. I can put a custom resume in there as well, not just a generic resume that most people kind of carry around. But if you want to change it for the job or add a cover letter, you can do all of that. Second thing, or the next thing they can do is they can kind of research the companies. So they can see exactly what the companies do. Um, so they say, do I want to work with them? Then they can go right into a chat and immediately into a video interview. So going from seeing what a company does to a video interview in a matter of under a minute. 
Yeah. That's what people want. That's the efficiency. And then all of the analytics and the data is there. And, you know, a candidate can see 50 companies in an hour with no waiting in line. And that's, that's really the, you know, the benefit of it. Streamlined process always helps out, helps out both candidate and of course the person hosting or the person that's sending a recruiter out there, they can just sit behind the desk and they can screen three people at one time now on their computer. And not immediately. No. So no keywords. Uh, I don't have anything for you. So nothing in your resume matches my keywords. There's nothing here, but they tell you right. the truth right away. Sorry. Bye. Next, next candidate. And yeah. now the, as the military, the army now the last <laughs> 90 to 120 days, soldiers can do an internship. So we have an intern with us now at our office. Yeah, he's an engineer, but he's learning how to be a contractor, how to be a teacher and integrator like we are. So for 120 days, he'll integrate with us and, learn the contracting life. And if there's a position at the end, maybe he'll get one or we just add to his resume that he was an integrator with our company and that helps him out. And that's something yeah, the skill some bridge. Can probably do with you. Put it on there. We'll take interns because the last 120 days are still being paid by the army. Yeah. Uh, that no skill bridge program is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something yeah. I, I think you can add in there to help out the, vet, the future vets as they come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where I know veterans, Florida, they do a lot of skill bridge stuff. So we've had some of the associations that will come on and they'll say they're, you know, they're, they're get the skill bridge and uh, trying to get people. I know I actually interviewed one guy for it, um, but he took, by the time I was ready to hire somebody, he took another position. So, um, but I know he's trying to meet with me now. So maybe, maybe he wants to come over. He realized that we were a better fit for him. So he just, he was an officer and he just, just got out or he's just getting ready to get out. He just got down here. A month ago, oh, wow. um, but he's he's in the skill bridge program. So I think that's such a great thing for the army, you know, because they're, you know, the the big thing, right, is they're trying to cut down on that unemployment cost when people yeah. get out, right? Let's 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 help them get the job. So I saw it, you know, I flew out to Soldiers for Life out in San Antonio a few years ago, um, and kind of got, you know, their their big thing that they were talking about what they were trying to do, you know, what the military is trying to do to cut down those unemployment costs. Um, I don't remember the numbers, but I just remember how high they were, you know, and what they can slowly do. So I know the skill bridge should take a pretty big chunk out of that as well. Yeah, it's a it's a big plus for them. And it's like I said, it's no cost to the employer. They can train that nug to be an intern, make coffee the first couple of weeks, uh, go go get our Starbucks. And then, hey, this is how you clean the office. This is how you get on the computer. This is how you pitch class. And you can still yeah. treat them like a nug because they're still a young sergeant or young soldier. And they're, they want to learn. They want to get out there. They want to fight and get that next job. And I know going to the virtual career fairs, that's a lot easier for the younger generation because they've been on electronics since they were born. They were born <laughs> with a, a tablet attached to their hip. They just flip it up or I can play a game and watch TV. Now they can go on that same tablet and find you and find your company and Premier Virtual and go on a virtual career fair and say, hey, that's one company I want to go with right there, that one that's on their fair. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really where this is, you know, going, right. The millennials, Gen Z's, I got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old, you know, and unfortunately my four-year-old can grab my phone, get into my phone, look at games. He can look at anything, right. YouTube, he can look at pictures. He can do anything that's on my phone. Why does he know it? Right. And he was able to do it at, you know, three because his brother who's three years older than him has the iPad. So when Tristan was on that and then Gavin's learning from this, they see it at such an early age. You know, we were, we were talking, you know, last week and I'm trying to really, 
you know, get outside, right? Here's your limits on the iPads. Here's this, right? We, we got outside. Let's get into the pool. Let's, you know, go out. I built them a monster fort out there. I'm like, this is how I grew up in Wisconsin. And you're going to grow up the same way. You're going to be outside. You're going to be out there. You're going to be having fun um, without the cold weather. Without, without that pain. <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you can get you get some sand burns, maybe a little suntan, whatever, because you get used to that after a while. You get the tan skin. The melanin, melatonin gets in there, melanin, melanin, get that warm up brown skin, you'd be all right. Yeah, uh, I, you know, it's funny. I bought last year for Christmas, um, I bought him a, a thing for snowball fights, right? Big cotton balls, because that's the kid's snowball. You know, my wife, and we laugh about that, and, and, and we were out at the, um, there's a big farm down here in South Florida, and they do amazing holiday stuff, especially for Christmas and Halloween, uh, and they call it Christmas on the farm. They have all these things out there and the Santa comes out there and they have snow, right? Which snow here is bubbles. And my wife is like, they just don't even know what it's like here to see real snow. Like all these Florida kids are like, it's snow. And it's like, it's bubbles, you know, but that's what they, that's what they do down here at the, at the kids carnival uh, from, for my son's school, they had all these bubbles and they had it. And it was so much there, right? He, you could walk in and it's right up to the top of their head, but the kids were loving it because it's warm and they're playing in their snow, but it's just bubbles. So it's a cool experience you know, for them too. So yeah. we, didn't have, we didn't have bubbles like that growing up unless we messed up the washing machine. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You and know, then you, had a different, then you had a different problem after that. Then you had mom and dad's problem, you know? Yes, yes definitely. So what's the biggest successes you've had in this uh, first, basically two years, 18 months that you've been in business with premier virtual has any of your successes called back and say, Hey man, thanks for putting this on. And, I wish it was, I wish it was there my first time when I was looking for a job. You know, I, I'll tell you that, you know, we, we learned a lot in the last 18 months. You know, one of the big ones is we just launched a second version of our software, which is uh, substantially different than our old one. You know, as soon as we had our old one, we were there, we started launching our second one, which has like a video resume platform. Candidates can answer questions. So companies can ask, but I'll say the two biggest things I had is, is, you know, the second one I like to say is the state of Massachusetts uh, did a job fair on our platform. 1,700 companies in one job fair. 17,000 job seekers and over 1.3 million company booth views. That can't be done. It's a, it's, a, it's a record job fair that was out there, you know, and it was powered by us. That can't be done in person. No way. <laughs> um, you know, so... We love that. But I'll tell you my my greatest accomplishment that, that I feel, you know, for the year is and we deal with the American Legion, U.S. Veterans Chamber of Commerce is, that uses our platform. We deal with a lot of veterans. organizations. But the best thing we did is the U.S. Army did their 30 day recruiting event this year on our platform. Really? So <laughs> that was like we went through. A lot to demo all of them at USAREC, show them our platform, do everything. Uh, now, they did it in a very interesting way um, where they attached it with their website. So they had to register on the website and then they would go. But the Army did use my platform. And I felt like it was so amazing because and this is what I told my USAREC when I was when I was going over and we were training them and everything. I said, you know, in 1994. I went to MEPS and I sat down, you know, my recruiter was a terrible recruiter. I'm going to say that my recruiter didn't really tell me anything, 
And I wanted to be an airborne combat medic. That's what I wanted to be. So they, I come in there and they're like, we got a combat engineer job. You get to blow things up. And this was at MEPS, right? So what did they do? They pulled out the big laser disc and they showed me this. The big video. And I'm like, man, cool, blowing stuff up. And then they showed building bridges. And I was like, nope, not for me. Next thing they said, well, we don't have the, the, the combat medic. And I should have got up and walked out and said, hey, okay, I'll, I'm going to wait till you have one of the positions. But my recruiter didn't really tell me I could do that. But they're like, we got this airborne parachute rig. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, let me show you the laser disc. Puts the laser disc up. First thing, jumping out of airplanes in the middle of the day. Okay. That's the first thing. Second thing, they, they show you, you're uh, working on a tank. They're rigging up a tank to drop out. And they had some pretty attractive females on there. I'm like, I'm 17 years old at the time. I'm like, I get to jump out of, out of airplanes and work with hot chicks. Sign me up. You know? So that's, that's how I became a, you know, a, a parachute rigger. You know, and I got there and I realized, uh, you know, you're jumping in the middle of the night. It's not always this, you know, uh, jumping during the middle of the day stuff. But, uh, you know, unless you did the chaplain's jumps and the fun jumps, but you learn something different. Right. But but that's how I became a parachute rigger was that laser disc. So I'm like, you know, and I told them this at USARAC, and I was like, it's so cool to think that, you know, in 94, this is what I did now in 2020 the army is using my platform that I developed to get soldiers to come through and do what I did. And it was really kind of a cool, right? Like kind of nostalgia to think, man, look at where I came from of where I was a 17 year old kid who uh, wasn't the greatest in school to, you know, now I'm a CEO of a, of a software company and the army is using my platform. I fell for the propaganda at 17. Now this kid, he doesn't have to see the propaganda. He can see it in writing what they're going to do instead of the pictures of the pretty girls putting on, putting the parachutes together, rigging that tank and jumping yeah. in Hollywood during the daylight. And exactly. Doing the adrenaline rush. Yeah, I'm going. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I mean, they've done some really good things. You know, I mean, if you look at, you know, the Army, you know, the Air Force, Navy, all of these commercials that are out now, I mean, they got some really good commercials out there, you know, but it's, it's that marketing, right. That, that, that how you can get there, but it was cool. Cause they, they kind of came in and how they developed the, the platform for it was, you know, when a candidate could log in, they could kind of see the industry that they wanted to be in infantry, special forces, and they could go in and they could watch the videos and then chat with the live recruiters. So it was set up really cool to be able to see that, you know, we still deal with, you know, a couple, some national guard units throughout it. We have some of the um, other battalions, recruiting battalions still use our platform as well. So, uh, but I could say that's my, my biggest success is just to be able to see, you know, where I came from and, and, you know, where we're at now. And to help the future soldier and soldier of the future. And future soldiers, you know, I had my first squad when I was, I was at Fort Riley, Kansas, I had my first squad, a decon squad and a, heavy decon platoon and these soldiers came in sergeant where's our where's our lab coats i said what lab coats they said the video showed us working in a lab these lab coats i said oh yeah you're not going to get that ever it's a tap paper and have a good day here's a mop gear have a good day and soul crushed right there (laughs) they they were expecting so much more and now it's uh it's 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 a different different time so yeah i didn't see a lab until probably my 21st year 
in the army. Oh wow! As a chemical soldier, it's the first time I've seen a lab. Okay. So 21 years, I was with the infantry most of the time. Then finally, I got to a, a specialized chemical unit and went to uh, actually did lab stuff. I was like, oh, this is what a lab looks like. This is awesome. This is what it looks like. So what was your what was your MOS? I was a uh, oh, when you were in it was MBC. Okay. Uh, now it's yep. Seaburn Chemical, Biological, Radiological, Nuclear. Okay. Yeah, I remember those guys in the units. You know? Gas mask, you had to go to the gas chamber. Gas that was us. Awesome. Yep. Um, yeah my, my gas mask never worked so no. uh you know it was uh it was one of those things i i still remember basic training to this day and and the video we had the video on it and i knew my gas vest didn't work i told the drill sergeants it didn't work oh, that's all right so the second i got in there i was burning you know and then they make you take it off and you know ask the ask all the stuff i could do all that I walked out. It's the only time in my life I was like, let me just lay down and die. You know, like, again, I never went to war. I never went to anything. But I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever felt in my life, you know, that we had it. And, you know, I remember one time we went to the field, too. And again, I knew my gas mask didn't. So when they dropped the gas on us, I just ran. I ran smack dab into a tree, <laughs> dropped over, got up, just kept running. And then I realized I don't have my M16 on me anymore. <laughs> you go back. Then I had to go back, try to find it when we're all supposed to be in our foxhole. And I'm like, I'm going to get in so much trouble here, you know, but I wanted nothing to do with that gas. Right. <laughs> uh, it wasn't, it wasn't fun for me. And so. <laughs> most chambers back when, when you came in, every chamber had the specifically made for some reason with outside the door, the exit door was a tree. So if you didn't listen to commands when you came out the door, you were running smack into that tree. And that's before they decided safety was paramount. So yeah. the trees are now gone. But at that time, there was always a tree outside that exit door. So Joe would come running out that mask off all hyped up. Boom. Uh, oh, I was like, just let me lay down and die. <laughs> oh, brutal. That's not something I'd ever want to go through again. <laughs> I enjoyed it because I, got, I guess I got immune to the CS after a while. I can just go in there with no mask on and stand there. And people are coming on. There's nothing. And I can take my mask off. And as soon as I take it off, they start gagging. I'm like, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. They thought it was there. No, not, not me. So, uh, so luckily I didn't on. have to do that to me. Uh, so uh, how does someone get in contact with you to maybe get their company onto your platform to do a job fair? You know, so if it's a, a veterans organization, any association, college, private company, uh, our website is premiervirtual.com. That's P-R-E-M-I-E-R, virtual, V-I-R-T-U-A-L.com. Uh, they can see all the information right there, you know, how our platform works, what we do. They can schedule a strategy call. Um, they can actually chat live with one of my, uh, one of my team members um, and, and find out, you know, we're, we're all here. We're based here in the U.S. My whole team, besides two of my buddies that were in the 82nd uh, with me, one lives in North Carolina, one uh, lives in Indiana. They work for me, but otherwise our entire team is based here in South Florida. Um, and they can, they can go right to the website, premiervirtual.com, find out what we do, get a demo and, you know, see if it's something that's there. You know, I tell a lot of people, just give me 15 minutes. Let's have a strategy call and see if it's for you. Cause some organizations were not the right fit. Uh, you know, I deal with uh, Angus um, and, and Nagus as well. And, you know, I was on a call with him one time and he was like talking about doing a uh, an event for the officers. And I was like, I 
a virtual hybrid event is not going to be a good event, right? These officers that are in here, they want to shake hands. <laughs> they want to, you know, they want, they want to go out to the bar afterwards. They want to, this is where the networking, this is what they're doing. Virtual is not going to work. So, so virtual is not for everybody. Um, if anybody tells you that it is, I'm going to tell them they're a liar. Um, some organizations, it's not the right fit for, um, but most people can do an event. They can do hybrid events, um, all kinds of stuff out there. Awesome. And of course, you're on every social media platform, except TikTok. That's not on there. So maybe you'll get on. We are not out. We are we're not on TikTok. Uh, we're going to be soon. You know, uh, it's it's crazy. All of these, right, when something new comes out, uh, like Snapchat, right? Everybody jumped on Snapchat. But now TikTok's coming out. And I actually saw a thing on YouTube the other day. Is where do you get your, if you want an answer to something, where do you go? Google, Safari, TikTok. Mm-hmm. I was like, what? I was shocked. <laughs> like TikTok, right? Like I see it now. Personally, I'm not a huge social media fan. I actually canceled all my Facebook and everything. But then our, our director of marketing, they're like, you got to have the Facebook because then that's how you have your business on there, right? You also got to have your personal brand as well as, you know, people see that, hey, you're a real person, right? You're a, you're a loving father. You're a great husband. You guys, you do a lot of stuff out there. People look at the brand that's you and not just the company. Right. So, yeah. Even LinkedIn, LinkedIn, if you're not on LinkedIn, you're linked out, they say. So mm-hmm. once you're on there, that's where a lot of people look there. So Premier Virtual, is he on LinkedIn? Let's see if he's there. He's, he's real if he's there. Then he'll have his website there as well. So that's the best way to get in contact with a lot of companies now. And most companies, once you go to those career fairs, they'll look at your LinkedIn as well and say, does it match? Oh, none of this matches what he's done. So it'll all come together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting thing, right? Because LinkedIn, I remember 2007 uh, when I was with the company. And they put out a memo. You cannot go to somebody's Facebook page to look at what they do before you hire. You can't use social media. Company put out that memo. And I was like, why? I questioned the HR. I said, why? They're like, you just, you can't do it. I go, listen, I go, we hire people for outside sales. Some of these people, right, they have to pass a background and a drug test. I go, if I look at their social media, and their everything on their social media is about drugs. Are we going to hire? Or are you going to waste time? They're like, nope, couldn't do it. You know. But now, what is it? What does people do? The first thing they do is they look at their LinkedIn. They look at their Facebook. Um, you know, I, I used to advise a fraternity, and I told them, I'm like, people, watch what you put on your Facebook. In college, you're putting all this stuff, right? You're partying, you're everything that you're doing out there. But guess what? One day your Facebook is you're going to graduate from college and you're now going to be a professional and you're going to look for a job and people are going to look back. They're like, it doesn't happen. I go, how many of these high school football players or college football players suddenly look back at something and they said something when they were a sophomore, junior in high school. And now suddenly it's coming back up in their social media. Right. And you get that a lot, right? Somebody drops, you know, something they shouldn't be saying, yes. right? If, even mm-hmm. though it may be, you know, in, in just to a friend or something like this, and they think it's all right, right? Because that's the lingo of the day. Suddenly, 10 years later, it affects your career. Yeah, you're People don't understand. Yeah. And that happened yep. to a quarterback, Jake Fromm, University of Georgia, when he got to the Buffalo Bills. 
someone leaked what he said on uh, Twitter, uh, I think three years before that. And he yeah. had to go through all, I guess, uh, sensitivity training, all that stuff, and basically got blacklisted. And now yeah. he's a backup on the Giants now. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was I, – I, I couldn't remember who it was. I knew it was there was a recent quarterback that yeah. that just happened to. You know, he, I remember because he just got he just came to our team, the Giants. So I, I know that's why he's there because the, the Bills didn't want him anymore. So, uh, yeah, it's it, little things like that. You know, you don't think. I mean, I look back at my college days and I was talking to a couple of guys. I was in college. And I was like, man, am I glad they didn't have social media when we were in college? Because guess what? At 18, 19, 20, you know, those guys would have did anything. I mean, I was granted I was 21 when I got to college, but. The stuff that you're doing back then, you don't think about it. You think ah, nobody's going to ever care. You just live for, you're living for today. That's all you're doing at that point. Living for that day. And yeah, time, it's, no flashbacks. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but now social media, everything's out there. Yes. You may have deleted it, it's but there. there's somebody out there Who that's saved. saved mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was actually talking about that today with a couple of my team members. Um, the movie Skulls. Right. right. Where, you know, they kept all that information so that later on in life they could use it against you. And I'm like, you know, we I had a guy that was in our fraternity that did that. He used to keep it. And one time it was like 10 years later, he, he just said something on a just on a group post that we were all in. And everybody's like. How do you that was something like, did you have he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah it's in my notes. <laughs> You took notes in college about what we did. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. A lot of people stopped talking to him after that. Very, very crazy. Yeah. It's like, you got the black flag right there. You got the black flag. So, (laughs) well, Steve, this has been great chatting with you, even though you're from the lesser division, the 82nd, the 101st was the first to jump into World War II. And the 173rd is the only one that has a combat jumping in recent years. So, here we are today talking about better things with you and your, your career as a CEO of Premier Virtual. Thanks for coming on to Misfit Nation. Thank you. I, I, you know, I appreciate it. I always love talking with people from the 101st. You know, it's the only one out there that have an airborne thing on there, but they've never, most of them aren't even airborne, you know? Exactly. So. But, but we're better. It's all right. <laughs> all right. It sounds good, Rich. All right, brother. You know how we do this. Thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on Fit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that brings that energy, has a great story, is an up-and-comer in any industry of music, in the arts, have them reach out to us on TheMisfitNation.com. We will get back to them within one day and get them on here so they can share their story with the world. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling. Because we are Fit Nation.